Hello and welcome to Inside the Borough, the FAU podcast for and by fans. My name is Dan. I am joined by Jack and Shane as usual. And tonight we are going to take some time to celebrate the conference championship game. FAU uh, victorious over Alabama-Birmingham, uh, 40, I don't know, we, we won by 40-something points. That's all that matters. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about that and then, you know, maybe we'll, we'll do a little baseball preview. Maybe we'll talk about basketball or something like that. I don't think there's much other than that um, to talk about. But, um, yeah, I mean, FAU, it was – I'm not a betting man, uh, but if I was, I should have bet the house, literally, my house, although I'm renting, uh, should have bet the house on FAU covering the spread because uh, there was no chance that UAB was going to um, – I think the, the line closed at minus nine uh, for FAU. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was nice. It was kind of just like, you know, we, we go out and dominate again, and it's, it's kind of crazy to think about, like – we were in the conference championship game, which is which I think most people in conference USA um, are aware that UAB really was the third best uh, team in the West. Uh, but it was the conference championship game, and it was over, you know, in the first quarter. Excuse me, and we won by forty. So I don't know, Jack, what your um, you know, you had the the bird's eye view uh, up in the press box. What was your um, what was your thoughts uh, regarding this game? Yeah, bird's eye view for a pretty. Boring day, like you mentioned, Dan. I don't think anything else really happened this weekend for FAU football. Just uh, a conference championship. It was it was great. It was great to see. Uh, UAB, you know, we kept talking about, you know, issues with their quarterback, issues with their running back, the strong defense, and we just blew them out of the water. It, it wasn't even a contest. Uh, we mentioned it last week, a couple weeks ago as well. Uh, out of the three teams who could face in the West, we definitely wanted to play UAB the most because that's who we thought we had the best chance against. And you see why. Uh, I, I'm sure I'm happy we didn't get Louisiana Tech uh, with Jamar Smith back and all. Just just a, a great, great day to be an Owl. Uh, you know, everything considered. Now, seriously, no. Everything considered with Lane. Uh, we couldn't have a, a better way to end an era. And that's something that we're going to be talking about later on for sure. Um, I, I thought it was interesting that uh, Chris won the MVP. Um, I, I voted for Malcolm Davidson. Uh, he ran for 130 yards on 11 carries, I want to say. Um, didn't score any touchdowns while BJ Emmons had a pair. It, D'Angelo Antoine had a uh, big day as well. Uh, I thought Chris played fine, got the job done. It's kind of been what he's been doing the whole year. He hasn't thrown the game away from us like he did last year, his freshman year. So, uh, good to see. And, God, how about that defense, by the way? Devon Brown led the team in tackles with eight. He was all over the place. Chris Tooley, FBS leader in interceptions. You know, all this talk about UAB's defense, and I I think – Kiki Leroy even mentioned this a little bit during the post-game presser. I think the defense kind of took that personally, uh, and they had something to prove when they were on the field. Uh, overall, great day. Um, so it's it just awesome to pop champagne again. Great, great feeling. Yeah, I mean, one thing I, just to point out, and you know, kind of bring it always back to recruiting, uh, that just wasn't about us out coaching them. That there is a talent difference between those two teams. Uh, a team 
granted, uh, we've talked about we don't think Conference USA West is very good, but FAU beat still a nine-win Conference USA team out of the water. I physically dominated them. I mean, there was not a position on the field where UAB uh, was better than us, even close. I mean, they completed eight passes. Uh, they only had a handful of first downs. It, it, it was just complete domination. Uh, the block punt was just a blast. Yeah, uh, I can't. I, when's it? Has it? When's the last time you blocked a punt for a score? Was it New Orleans Bowl? Did we score on that play? Can you remember Austin Jensen? Well, uh, even I, blocking a punt. I mean, yeah, was... I just I can't remember the last time. You never see it. You don't see as much in college football anymore because the rugby style. Yeah. Uh, but to but you know block a punt was is just amazing and it was just fun it was god it's you know i tweeted out yesterday kind of uh after kind of the news was breaking with lane and we were kind of wrapping up some of the stuff the that fau had beaten over its three years the average score versus conference usa opponents was uh like 36 and just 36.6 um points to 22 yeah. For Conference USA, for us to average beating Conference USA opponents by nearly two touchdowns and a field goal yeah. is insane over a three year period. I mean, that's Clemson, Alabama stuff. Yeah. I, I Go find me a team that's beat it probably throughout history in G5, probably like some of the runs Boise State was on when West Kentucky had those two really good years. But I mean, and we even had a year where we didn't have great football in the middle. So yeah. just for us to still be that dominant in a conference is amazing. And we can talk about coaching we want, but man, there's a lot of really talented football players. I had a chance to you know, off the record, just down on the field after the game. It was a lot of fun and just talking to the coaches. And I remember one, I said, man, can you imagine if we had all three of these backs healthy all year? Oh my goodness. I mean, it would have been, it would have been. We could have ran the triple option. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we could. I think you could just do that at this point. Just call Munkin from Army and just be like, "Hey, you want to come here for two years while you have these three backs?" <laughs> and we just want to be a triple option team. I mean, but it's just uh, I, the, the defenses. I mean, we just talk about it every year. You know, we just stack all these three high three star DBs we get out of South Florida, and like you just see the product paying off. I mean, it's just it, Me, it, it, yeah. so mentioned Miko Dotson. You know had nine had another interception leading now leads uh fbs in interceptions didn't he but didn't even start the beginning of the year you know and fau you know he's really, not even a starter in most packages FAU runs right. a lot of packages him on the field but still him and Tooley, it's jay or pierre and Tooley are the outside corners i mean it, it's it's just kind of yesterday was like a, a, a microcosm of just like what we what we hope for what we really thought uh could have happened and you know again it was we we blew him out chris had a, a decent day you know he, he had one bad throw that that one interception but at the time we were up you know he was probably like all right let me see what i can get um the throw to harrison in the corner of the end zone was an that was throw. unbelievable yeah. throw gorgeous yeah. I, yeah. Was, harrison bryant ended with a thousand yards um basically like he, he took that thousand yard um, catch and got popped right over the middle, and then he was done. <laughs> yeah. it was, I'm not, I'm not going back in. He got the thousand yards, you know. And that was kind of a big hit over the middle, and it's like, all right, well, let's. Yeah. As soon as, as soon as he reached a thousand yards, he was done for the day. 
You know, it's crazy is that the, he mentioned this during the presser. The coaches thought that he was actually at like 995 late in the fourth quarter. They miscalculated and they almost sent him back on the field in garbage time with Nick Tronti out there just so he can hit the thousand yard plateau uh, this year to help win the Mackey award. I thought that was hilarious. Um, I mean, that, that's just typical Lane Kiffin football uh, right there, you know, making sure that his players get as, uh, as the best stats that they can try to pad the score, uh, pass the eye test as best as possible. Uh, he's going to need that at his new job for when he, you know, goes seven and five and he plays for the Gator Bowl. Uh, yeah, not bitter at all, you guys are wondering. Um, so that, that, was, that was great to see. Icing on the cake, no doubt. So I, I think maybe, again, it was, it was a party all the way around. Um, we, we all enjoyed it. And, again, you, you, yes, there, was a, there was a lot that happened, and um, it sucks. You know, we're now back. Uh, Shane tweeted out the Boca Raton Regional Airport uh, tracking information, so you, you can keep a track. Uh, I was trying. There was a flight from Knoxville today. I don't know. I didn't think I didn't find anything interesting. Like, I did tweet out. There, there was weird. A lot of flights from Boca to Miami. Uh, it's my goal is to have that type of fu money where I can just hop <laughs> on the private jet to go a county. But you know, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just you know, again, you know, we could thank Lane for everything we did. I yesterday I kind of woke up and I wasn't. And I told people I wasn't as devastated about the whole thing. I think because we had a conference USA championship to look forward to. And, yeah. you know, there's still a lot of fun with that in the end. Two or three years is amazing, especially when you see, you know, Marshall fans trying to fire Doc Holliday. You know what I mean? When you see other – and then you also kind of – I thought it helped when you see, like, the other G5 school, uh, Memphis, Norville getting hired away. And it's like, you know, this just isn't us. This isn't even – this is uh, everywhere. Appalachian State, they lost. They had a coach for one year, and he's going to uh, Missouri, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, it's – we could be in the same boat next year. We could go out and hire a coach and win 10 games again and be one and done. It's just – I said this. I'd say it's a prime example. You got it. Your program has to be bigger than the head coach, where he's just a piece of the puzzle as opposed to the whole program. Um you know, it did hurt today seeing some of those uh, Lane tweets and Ole Miss and, yeah. and Lane tweeting about Old Miss and it's not come to the FAU anymore. It's, it, you know, that hurt a little bit. But, you know, I think there's some growth opportunity for FAU in this situation. Uh, but, you know, I the biggest thing is, is, you know, we could talk about ADs all we want. We could talk about marketing. We could talk about concession stands. We could talk about, uh, you know, who they hire as – you know, on a smaller sport, but this is why ADs get hired. And this is where they make their money. Is this higher right here? Right. I mean, it, ADs could 99% of their job can be great. And if they don't hire the right football coach, right. <laughs> it, you know, it's, that's just kind of the nature of the beast with the job. Uh, but again, you know, we've talked about our faith in white and uh, Kelly on this podcast numerous times. You know, just some of the names that are floated out there. And I think at the G5 level, there's not going to be any perfect candidate. You guys know I'm, I was heavy on Jeff Scott. He's from Florida, hopefully the Kelly connection. But it seems right now there's some reporting just before we went on that it's looking like him and USF. Uh, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Butch Jones. I thought he won, he won at Central Michigan. He won at Cincinnati. 
And, you know, he went to Tennessee and he even had two nine win seasons there kind of in the middle. And Tennessee was a dumpster fire because Lane left. So, uh, you know, there was kind of a lot going on with that program. So I kind of just want someone I know is going to win. I mean, if they're going to be a first time head coach, they better be coming from a program where they're dropping national championship rings, you know, uh, and Butch, again, he's gone through the Saban car wash, per se. Went there and been an analyst for a couple years. And sometimes you pick up two or three things. Oh, this is you know, more so much. We could sit here and we could talk about play calling. And I, you know, this is a big talk with a lot of people throwing Kendall Bryles' names out there. I, I think Kendall Bryles, to a degree, we can argue about is an offensive genius. But do we know his level where he can run a program at this point. I mean, being the head football, it's like being a top sales guy where all you do is you show up to work and you got to make sales all the day and you say, Oh, well, he's really good at sales. Let's make him manager sales manager. Then all of a sudden, well, you're not making sales. You got to deal with an HR issue. There's an accounting issue. You got to make the schedule. And all of a sudden you're not good at sales anymore. And it's just hard for me to get a read on Kendall Bryles because his fault or not and definitely not his fault but I mean he was just he was at two places where the coach was fired at the end of the season yeah you know I'm not blaming him for not being able to save their tenures but it's like I just don't I don't know if I want a coach that ran the day-to-day operations like Willie Taggart I mean Florida State a lot of stuff was a show there so I'm not crazy about Willie Taggart as a name here as people throw Charlie Strong's name out there no. He's done nothing but lose football games. No, please, God, no. Show no. me, just, just give me someone. The, the biggest question I ask, I think all fans of this, do they have a history of doing more than what they've had? Bingo. That's it. Doing just, more with less. Yes, doing more than what they've had, whether that's from a coordinator position consistently or, you know, or a history when maybe they hit one bump in the road like Lane. Um, Lane's past was very unique. You never see this. But in the end, I even argued when we got here. He still won 10 games at USC, and then sanctions kicked in. He still was the closest to beating Alabama while at Tennessee that one year. It looked like he had him going down a good road. He just kind of changed over. And then he Lane was always an offensive genius, but he kind of almost needed that final season in from Saban being like, it's more about just calling the right play on third and five. You know what I mean? It's about yeah. making sure your assistants and freshmen don't talk to the media and getting kids to class and doing all that type of stuff. So, and, and, you so, go, go, go ahead, Jack. I, I was going to say, Shane, and Lane is going to be the first one to say that, that it was yes. Saban that taught him that stuff. And, and you could see when he came here, anyone that covered him, asked Jake Elman that he picked up on all those things. Look at his press conferences. There's a little yeah. bit of, there's a little bit of snick in there. Now he has his own kind of funny Twitter we know Lane spin on things, but I mean, he learned a lot from being under Lane, and it be he realized it's more than just about calling plays. So, because we, we we pivoted to coaching now, I just have a question for you guys. We already got Shane's two coaches, but Dan, uh, two coaches that you're looking out for, and one that you're saying absolutely no. For for my no, I'm saying no way to tar- Charlie Strong. Um, I'm deleting you out of my life if, if you want Charlie Strong at FAU. Sorry. Um, for pickups, unlike you, Shane, I'm a big fan of Willie Taggart. I think he'll do great at the mid-major level with that style of offense. Um, yeah, but, like, 
We'll debate him after. I want to hear. Yeah. Um, uh, you mentioned Jeff Scott, Clemson, OC, I'm high on. Uh, but Glenn Spencer, uh, I, I, I'm worried that if we – I'm worried that he can leave uh, if, if we don't hire him as head coach. He does have head coaching experience at University of West Georgia. Did great things there. Uh, was defensive coordinator at Oklahoma State for, what, a decade, I want to say. I mean, the Pokes aren't known for their defense, but, at, you know, at least he has that high up uh, caliber of, of experience. It's not just Charlotte and FAU. So uh, that would be great to see. So w what about you, Dan? What do you think? I'll say my, you know, I'll have to think of a second one, but my, my top one is Jim Levitt. Um, he had success uh, at USF and then, you know, left under some controversial circumstances, but that was over, you know, that was almost 10 years ago. Um, he's kind of bounced around. He was in uh, he was in the NFL for a little bit. He was offensive or defensive coordinator at Colorado State, I think. He spent a year at um, spent a year at Oregon as well. So um, certainly he comes with some baggage. Um, and like Shane said, he's the, it, a group of five. You know, th this type of head coach. If, if they have head coaching experience, they're gonna they're not gonna be perfect. Um, I'll I'll say flat out uh, that I do not want and this always happens eddie grand jed fish or james coley uh i feel like every, every time any job gets open any group of five job opens eddie grand is is uh, a candidate for like the past five years and he hasn't gotten a job 10 so years we were talking about your schnellenberger right yeah, yeah even then even then um so like just let's get that out of the way and 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 jed fish I thought he did well at Miami, but he, he hasn't been in college since 2011, 12. Um, I mean, like it's been, I thought he, I thought he was fine at Miami, but it's, that's good. He coached in Miami and in the state of Florida for like, I don't know, a, a couple years. Let's just get off that, get off that, um, that train there. But, um, Oh, did you have to say trains? Oh yeah. <laughs> I'll say, um, you know, outside of, outside of Jim Levitt, I would be one of the, you know, offensive coordinators from uh, from Clemson, I think would be good. And, you know, the, the Butch Jones argument makes a lot, a lot of sense. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I think um, that they – I. I it's, you know, it's interesting you mentioned James Coley. If you go to James Coley Wikipedia page right now, at the top it says, I was fired at Georgia because I suck. <laughs> the Georgia fans are obviously not happy with him. Um, also, you ruined from. Sorry to just yell at you in the middle of that. He hasn't done anything. Ruined I mean, yes, from. he's he's we one coach of under Golden. Right. right. He, he's he, under he, Golden he, in Miami. Like, did... <laughs> he again. He, he's a he was he's known as being a great recruiter, but like he can't stay at a job as a coordinator. Um, for very long it's like to like places will bring him on just to have him almost like charlie partridge to be a good recruiter and just put him on staff and then take away his responsibility and it just i think it's g5 they run a pro style offense i mean right. g5 we gotta spread it out this is what we do we gotta go fast this is how we score in g5 i mean yeah there's no give me a successful g5 team running a pro style offense right now Nate, i'm asking Jack, do you know? I mean, Boise, maybe he's a little bit more West Coast. Not, right? not, not one on top of my head. And I think you, if you do, they're going to run like a hybrid from the pistol, if anything. 
Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, Boise is the only one I could think. That's kind of like, it's more of like a West Coast style. Like, yeah. it's, a, it's a single back type. Uh, um, San Diego State, but they're in the middle of a rebuild right now. Yeah, uh, but they're good. They have a good defense. You, yeah. San Diego State's a good one. They kind of run that Stanford style. Okay, that's – But, I mean, but they're, they're not blowing it out of the park like they did. No, they don't defense. score. They win with defense yeah. and turnovers. I, I, I love defense. I want to win with defense and turnovers and score 49 points. That's it. Oh, that, that sounds familiar. Like we did yesterday. So, I'm – yeah, well, it just – I want to there's no, in, um, go ahead and finish your thought, Shannon. There, I'm just going to say, there's going to be no perfect coach we hire at the G5 level, right? Like, there's good, we can pull Coles and 80s guys. I can even make the argument with Jeff Scott that he's only ever been at Clemson his entire life, which is yeah. concerning. Sometimes I like to see the coach that's worked his way up, coached, um, you know, FCS, grad student, went to this school, coached with this area, coached under this staff for a little bit, coached under this staff. In the end, Saban need. I mean, make the lane thing again he coached under p carroll and nick saban you know it's yeah. i like to see guys that have kind of bounced around and have been being like oh cool he coached for that really good program he was just an assistant wide receiver coach 10 years ago then he came up and coached for that good coach and you kind of want to see that and these guys get a you know a little bit of seasoning from learning from all these good head coaches so I, that's what i look for in a head coach so i mean hopefully fau can kind of make that happen and it's good because that way you, you kind of just learn a lot from everything. Uh, one more name I want to throw out so I can literally throw it into the dumpster is uh, Kaiser head coach, Deg Socha. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. Good, great for Kaiser for what they're doing, guys. But Jesus Christ, really? Cause, cause, I mean, he could be – someone could bring him on as an assistant. Yeah, that'd be great. If we brought like, him on a staff, could you have a – do you guys realize how big of a jump NIIA is to, to – Yeah. Division one. Yeah, hey, man, like it's you it, know it's it's like jump hasn't worked maybe out in ten him. years. I think yeah. Clint, I think Clint Trickett's going to be a head coach, a great head coach one day in college football. Yeah. I want to see him become the head coach ten years for FAU. You know, but you still like you gotta see. I want to see. I don't want to see him go other places. He's a great football coach and recruiter, but. You just need more experience in the jump from it. And the, the scholarship system isn't even the same. Yeah. Like, you got to realize, guys, FU's got uh, – Football Scoop just came with an article. FU wants to hire a coach by Friday, and I just released it um, kind of how this is going to affect recruiting. we got to sign 10 to 12 guys and do crazy recruiting. Coaches are – our staff is on the road recruiting right now, not knowing if they're going to be there Yeah. in a couple weeks. And we need a coach who's going to come in and absolutely know the college recruiting system. Be like, okay, I know how early signing day works. I know how this rule and this rule. I know if a kid takes a visit before and a new coach comes, he can come back, you know, after. Like, it's just someone suggested, a couple people have suggested Rex Ryan. Good God. I'm Does he even know what the early signing period is? Like, think about that. I mean, well, he runs a good defense in the NFL, but what does that have to do with signing three-star kids? Yeah. I mean, it's not the same thing. The you same. need to know how – you need to go look at a kid – Anyone could walk on a high school football field and be like, that kid's amazing. I'll be like, well, he's committed to Georgia. So right. which kid here can you turn um, that, that everyone else might not know that looks good that you think you can get to come to your school that isn't committed to Alabama, right? Like, that's yeah. different. And, you have to be doing that for a while. You need to know what that athlete looks like. And I, I think the, the failed Tony Sanchez experiment at UNLV yes. is a perfect example 
of, of why that just doesn't. None, none of those Bishop Gorman kids ended up really going there. Nope. They were like, oh, cool, our former coach is at um, – Right down the road. Right but down I'm the road. going to go to Stanford. Cool. I'm going to USC. Yep. <laughs> I'm going nope. to Ohio State. I'm going to Miami. Brevin Jordan yeah. went to Miami. Like, it, it doesn't work like you think, you know. Um, I – I don't know. We, we'll, got, we got negative. We'll see. Much. It's going to happen quick. We'll have an emergency pod for when it does, when it does happen. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to plan that. We'll be with you guys all week. But I guess right now that transition, the other big news of the day, um, FAU has garnered its eighth home game of the year in the Boca Bowl. Woo! I, listen, I know fans were upset, and I was initially upset. But I kind of took a step back, and I get we want to go to New Orleans, but New Orleans never takes a team. They always have a regional team, always, yeah. right? Always have a regional team. Sunbelt Champ goes there, and they always take a regional team. That's what they do, okay? They go look for – they haven't had a team from, like, Florida there in years. Since we played there, probably. Yeah, I mean, it's always why, like um, – It's why you played Memphis – when, yeah. we, when we went to New Orleans. And Memphis was like third or fourth in the conference of, of Conference USA. Back yeah, then. but they Memphis to New Orleans, they always take a UAB, a ULL, um, yeah. a ULM, a Troy. They always want a team who's just going to bring fifteen to 20,000 fans locally. And, and that's what they've always – yeah, it works for them. It's it's great ball. Uh, you know, it, it, then it probably came down to Gasparilla – um, you know, for FAU, I, I, yeah. I understand the players wanted to travel, uh, but you know, FAU probably weighed the decision that they didn't want to play a rematch game on a Monday at 2 p.m. Yep, I get a lot of people, I think that's on the 22nd, a lot of people have off for Christmas and stuff, but it worked out. Um, I think yeah. what one of the national writers tweeted out that there's only a handful of bowl games featuring two. Teams with over 10 wins. It's like all power New Year's uh, six games. And um, us. I mean, SUMU is a great opponent. They're Absolutely. They're the 26th best team in the country based on, like, the votes and both polls. And they could score. Uh, yep. Their story program will probably travel well. Uh, the games that yep. sat on a Saturday at 3.30 on ABC. Have you, has FU ever played on ABC? Never. FAU has never. never played on ABC. FAU has never been on one of the four major networks at home either. Uh, we've been on Fox twice, but they were both at Oklahoma and at Ohio State. We know how that went. Uh, so I'm, I'm right there with you. Dan, I want to know how you feel about it. I'm disappointed because I wanted everyone from Al Nation to come up to Tampa. But uh, you know, I, I posted this question earlier. Would you rather play someone like Tulane in Tampa at 2.30 on ESPN on a Monday or SMU with 10 wins, uh, you win that game, you might finish the season ranked uh, and then make a push uh, to, to go to New Year's Six Bowl in 2020. I know it's down the line, but that, that should be the goal after a conference championship, should be a New Year's Six Bowl for this program, uh, and that's going to be the best route to do that. Um, my thing, like, my thing, like uh, a lot of Owl fans, was I was initially – I was initially annoyed because um, it's just like, come on, it's there, there's got there's got to be something there. There had to be something better, especially after seeing 
UAB going to get to go to um, to New Orleans? Um, I didn't want to go to Shreveport. I don't. I don't want to play. You know, UM or FSU or something like that. Like beat. Like I, w- I want to beat them, but I want to beat them when they're at their best. <laughs> like be- beating UM now would be like, well, yeah, you were supposed to beat them, type thing. Um, same thing with uh, with FSU. But um, again, when when you when you take a step back and you realize that just how good like how good I mean the the Boca Bowl is a good bowl. Um, and I mean, in the, in the past, it's always been a good bowl. Um, it's just kind of like, it's just, uh, annoying the, the team won't, you know, they'll get to, I think they're staying at a hotel in Jupiter. Uh, like, you know, my, my, my experience from this, and, and I was kind of talking with somebody on Twitter about this as a, uh, as a band member, as a spirit team member, like the, the traveling that you get to do with the team is like, that's what was some of the most fun. And really, honestly, helped me cement my my fandom in, in FAU. Um, helped me stick through those, uh, you know, 2009 uh, to 2017 years uh, was because of the experiences I had uh, had like that. So, I mean, that's kind of a bummer. The, the band, I think, does get to stay at the hotel and stuff like that. Uh, but you, you're not. There's no bus ride to someplace. There's there's no experience where things like that. So. That's kind of a bummer, but you know, again, it's a good bowl. It, New Orleans is an experience, but yeah, could, could you, when FAU fans and maybe even FAU players, when you guys are old, sitting in your rocking chairs, looking back at your life, are you going to look back and say, "Man, I never got to go to Shreveport, Louisiana, in <laughs> December"? Well, that's I mean, I missed that experience. Yeah, I never got to go. I never got to pay. And I looked up flights, seven hundred and fifty dollars. So I could yep. have seven layovers. So I can eventually end up on the last leg of my flight on, uh, we'll rent an on a, uh, yeah, on basically a plane that's a hundred years old. Go going into Shreveport, Louisiana. No, thank you. Yeah, I, again, I'm, I'm saying that that's that's what I wanted to do. But um, I think again, it, it's it's a good bowl. You know, we we can five <laughs> of the last six conference USA champs have played in this bowl. Yeah, it just it's, so premier bowl be now. it's become a premier G5 bowl. I mean, it, yeah, it's in our it, own backyard, but it is what it is. Go look at this. Before Boise State won, um, their big – and Mountain West changed around when Boise State was still in the whack, and just before they beat Oklahoma and, you know, the, yeah. you know, the great trick play game, they played in, like, the Idaho Potato Bowl in their home stadium, I think some ridiculous five or six years. It was yeah. just like – Boise yeah, State wins the whack again. They play in it. So yeah. that means in a few years, we're definitely beating Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl. <laughs> uh, it's going to line up that way. There it is. <laughs> uh, excited to see it. I, w- I was getting yeah. excited to have the three of us stumble around either Bourbon Street or Ybor City and Soho, you know, but, you know. Oh, they're not going out in Ybor. Ybor is not as bad. <laughs> Everyone makes it out to be, okay? I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> If you're willing to go to Bourbon Street, then you're definitely willing to do 7th Avenue in Ybor City. <laughs> so we'll, we'll settle for Atlantic Avenue instead, boys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think it's going to be – it's going to be a good opponent. Basically, everything about the game – This is an exciting opponent. Like. Right. And, and hopefully my, – my concern, and, and maybe if you guys want to talk a little bit about this, is um, – is uh, attendance, you know, like there is a lot 
of talk about attendance. Certainly, you, you FAU finally got a sky cam and like uh, for, for the game, and all the sky cam did was show empty seats <laughs> from different angles. Um, but you know, Conference USA championship game, and as 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 a, a native South Floridian, as somebody who has been at FAU for for a long time, I, I'm I'm sad to say that I'm not surprised um, at the turnout. And, uh, you know, FAU cut a lot of flack for, for that. Like, oh, oh, how could this be, you know, this is a conference championship game. But, I, like, again, there, there comes a point where you have to put up or shut up. Um, yeah. But also for, for those people, like, we live in South Florida and the local state institution. I, 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 I get that, the whole South Florida thing. We're not trying to – and I've always been an optimist with attendance with FAU. And I've always said, you know what, since I've attended FAU – the school spirit growth has been great. Whether we see it tight or not, just people wearing stuff around towns. I think there's generally more fans. Uh, The number of people tailgating. Yeah, just people. And I think for the first time the last couple weeks, I've been really disappointed in attendance. Or I was just kind of, before I never really cared. I wasn't one of the people who fought over whether we had 14,000 or 17,000 in a game. And it just like, you haven't felt like I was talking to someone. I remember Charlie Partridge's first home game, even after a loss, like the student section was full because remember he did the whole thing where he'd wear the red pants the second half. If the game was sold, you know, some, yeah, we put, we played, um, Tulsa. Tulsa at home. Yeah. yeah. And he wore, he did, he wore things. And I, there was like five, 6,000 students there. And it's just, man, if you would have told me that we would have played a conference to say championship game at home and we'd have a quarter of as many students that were saying the student section at that time, I would have never believed you. It just, it, it feels like for the first time, it feels like it's getting worse. Yeah. And we don't know why. I mean, yeah, I it, think it's students have just gotten to this point and I was tweeting about it today. I'm so in, and I think this thing, we talk a lot about FAU needs to market this and that. And I think there is a million things FAU could do better and athletics should be the first one to tell you but i'm just at the point where it's like dude it's on the fau fans there's enough of us walking around i'm just like you yeah. know the students I, I think it's you know people are like well fau needs to create a culture to get the students in hey they let them tailgate behind the stadium they don't really push the rules on them they're not out there going through checking every id okay yeah. they offer them t-shirts pizza like they do everything they can and people are what do you want them to do? Do you want them to hold the students' hands and walk in the stadium? At a certain point, it comes down to student leadership being like, hey, bro, don't think you're too cool to go watch a football game. Right? Yeah. It, right? I mean, that's just, that's just what it is. The Greek organization's pathetic. They've just done pathetic. It, they've gotten worse over the last few years when it comes to supporting the school. And it's, there has to be a question of, you know, you guys keep asking for stuff. You want housing. You want this. You want that. But why? Why should it, any of it be given to you sorry i'm ranting a bit i was in a group no. organization and we i know how it is we ask we ask we ask school needs to do this school needs to do this but you don't do anything for the school i, I don't care how many th- seven kids raised a bunch of money in your fraternity one thing charity really we know how that works it, four kids raise it and everyone else just parties but yeah like it's you know at a certain point it comes down to on the home side like, how many of your friends are you asking every week? We talked about this last week, Josh. You know, I mean, I said Josh, <laughs> uh, Jack. Um, you know, we talked about this last week. It's like, you know, we're the biggest marketing tools for FAU. Absolutely. They, they can only do so much. 
Uh, I, with you coming from a, a, a fraternity member at FAU, you were dealt. I, I'm AE Pi. Uh, extremely disappointing. You know, you just see them all out there in like LeBron Lakers jerseys, you know, just raging their face off. And then you see them collapse, pass out, and then just crawl back to IVA. And, and it's just so frustrating to see that they literally have to go right past the stadium to go back to their dorms or cars. And they just, yeah. just do that. And, and, and we don't need to be FIU because FIU kind of had this issue and they took tailgating away and students just would kids do is they rebel and say, well, they're not going to make us go to the game. But again, I just, and I think we kind of had this conversation at the beginning of the year. I think after middle Tennessee, we talked a little bit on the podcast. Yeah. Like, I, I think they're something. just, I think if you looked them in the face and you asked the question, be like, why are we doing this for you if you're not going? I mean, because there's, there's, no there's no benefit in it for the school to let you guys have all this fun. We're just, we can't just throw a party for you. Yeah, so right. tell me why we should do this for you and then let them sit on that for a if while. Anything, it's a liability because remember during the Lockhart days when you would have federal police going yeah. through Soviet looking for them? FAU doesn't do that. They have a few police out there just kind of monitoring, make sure nothing too. Yeah. The attorneys all have security at their tents and stuff. So. You know, they're not going out there going, you check your ID or, you know, they might get a couple kids a game just to show presence. But come on. It's eventually the school has to be like, why are we letting you do this if you're not going to support us? It's a liability at that point. Tell me. It's, it's, it's really, it's really frustrating. um, The amount of people that it it just, it doesn't make, to me, it just does not make any sense. The amount of people that I see, dressed like to the nines in FAU gear, like head to toe, um, you know, uh, just like with face paint and stuff like that, walking back to the dorm as the game is getting started. I mean, just like they just go in droves. And again, we're, we're airing our freshmen here, but it's just, it's like, what, what, what do you do? Why are you getting dressed up? What you- I thought student leaders and, and, and a few student leaders and organizations and kids that are older in the attorneys, if they kind of just set an example and call those kids out and be like, yo, no, we don't do that here. They, right. Most kids are followers. They're just going to do what the other kids do. That's and like, oh, they all leave the game. So we do it too. So it, like, it doesn't take a lot of kids to kind of change a culture. You know what I mean? I, I know this from personal example, you know, personal experience at FAU sending, you know, doing this in an organization, getting people to go to the games. What's crazy is they're like, well, you guys are just FAU. You're not, you know, UCF. You're not Florida State, whatever. We were the only ones in the conference championship game. <laughs> like, well, not, not even that. You are the culture you create. So right. it's like, yep. oh, there isn't a great culture inside. You're not going inside. Like there's so this whole lack home. of self-awareness. Yes. You know, yeah. it's like, so I'm just at the point where it's like, we could talk about what FAU athletics can do a million times, but I think like this summer and, you know, depending obviously who the coach hires and stuff, I think this is like the first time and we were just kind of hoping lane and the lane train would draw tickets. So it was like, this is like this real kind of, I don't know, like look yourself in the mirror, Al fans, and let's just have some like deep discussions, how we can change this because I'm a big believer in of just a few people can make major changes with this type of stuff. Yep. You know, we're just trying to fill a 30,000 seat stadium and, and not even doing just get to 20,000 a game. That's it. Just you know, 20,000. You know, if FAU just dominates Boca, Deerfield, Delray, Boynton to Palm Beach, just that little cut of South Florida, 
You know, we're not talking about Miami Dade or Broward, you know, and that's more distracted down there. Just that little cut. FE will have plenty they need to have a great game day atmosphere every week. Um, we're, we're, we're all pretty grumpy for champions, guys. I got to tell you. Yeah, this is the, yeah. No, well, I mean, I just think there's a lot of change going on with the program right now. It just feels like a big turning point, you know. Yeah. It's worrisome. We closed a nice chapter yesterday, a really great chapter, the best chapter in FU football history. Um, and we could do the who is a better coach, him or Schellenberger debate, but maybe we save that for a slower day. But, yeah. uh, you know, there's just a lot of change right now. And I think, you know, there was a little bit of a wake-up call, I think, with some things yesterday again. Well, you know? let's – one of the things I'll, we'll, we'll kind of circle back and, and maybe maybe end on this, but – Think of where we were, you know, how Lane put us in a, in a much better position. Think, think of the, the coaching search that's happening now compared to a few years ago where like we, we are, I, I'm, I'm going to say this and, and I have, I have, FAU has shown, I, I have faith in the university um, and I don't say that often, um, but President Kelly has shown that they are going to, they are going to offer the money. To make this a competitive job and I trust Brian White uh, because he's been successful and I like a lot of things that he's done but you know think about where we were a couple years ago where we are the, the top coaching candidate was the defensive line coach for Wisconsin right like um, it's in Charlie Park is what I'm referencing. Like there, there's going to be some very, very competitive candidates and we're not going to say who, who's, who's that guy when they get hired, um, whoever that may be. We know that this with the, the Smith center, certainly the stadium, you've got the, your starting quarterback um, could potentially be the MVP this year. And certainly for, for future years, um, you know, obviously a hot, hotbed for recruiting, but the, the facilities are a game changer. You've got a president and an athletic director who are going to spend, who are going to work to make this a, you know, make you competitive and to take the next level. You know, I, I'm, I feel better about the search than I did previously. And uh, I think that's also something, again, there was a lot that happened and, and a lot that changed in the, in the past 24 hours. But, you know, F, also FAU was ready for this. They, they had an announcement as soon as the game was over. Um, you know, Lane announced that he resigned. They had something prepared saying the search, you know, is underway. Um, and and I, I anticipate them to, to move pretty quickly because Lane probably let them know that they were leaving, that he was leaving Thursday, you know, uh, at the latest, I think. And um, – so they, they probably knew what was what was going, and they're probably already started reaching out to coaches and, and things like that. And they are using a search firm um, just for what it's worth. We'll see. I mean, Football Scoop, like they said, they want to coach by Friday. So um, we'll, we'll hopefully know. We'll be rolling into Saturday either really happy or tons of questions. Yeah. So we will um, we'll recap, you know, what's uh, you know when, when that announcement happens. Uh, we'll you know definitely keep an eye out for that. And uh, as always, make sure you're following all of us on Twitter, which I hope all of you are. Um, and uh, and for you know any any of the the latest news, we know that recruiting news will be coming up pretty soon. And um, you know, make sure you're checking out feualsnest.com for all the the latest things that are happening. So. We thank you for a successful year. FAU is Conference USA champs once again. 
two out of the past three years, really, you know, there's, there's a lot that happened, but I hope that you guys can, can maybe take some time to, to think about this year, think about what we accomplished and, and kind of what we overcame. Um, I say we, you know, like we're part of the football team, <laughs> but as a fan, what you had to go through and, um, you know, just really appreciate what, uh, what the team accomplished and, um, yeah, we'll be with you uh, as uh, as things change, as things go on. We'll be with you guys, and I hope you'll follow along as well. So uh, for Shane and Jack, we really appreciate you guys uh, hanging out with us uh, this year, and we will see you next time. Go Owls.